This morning, uh, we are in our series called Multiply. Uh, I'm not going to recap the recap from last week. If you were here, um, we went through nine chapters and picked out six moments in the book of Acts that were important to understand where we're at here in Acts chapter 9. And so we're starting this morning in Acts 9, verse 32. I want to start just by reading the scripture, uh, if that would be okay. Acts 9, 32 um, says, meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. There he met a man named Annius, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Annius, Jesus Christ heals you. I want you to think back to the songs we've been singing this morning. There's power in the name of Jesus. Powerful. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. And so Peter says to him, Annius, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Annius walking around, and they turned to the Lord. Can y'all give a big applause for four verses instead of nine chapters this morning? Does that feel better? Does that feel a little easier? Just four verses. I could write nine chapters about them. As I was reading this and praying about what God wanted me to talk about this morning, it really, God worked on my heart different these last two weeks. Usually, I've got this pretty planned out with some, some outlines and clear words and points and three points. Sometimes they have the same letter at the beginning, you know, all the good stuff preachers do. And uh, this time, it just overwhelmed me in a little bit of a different way. Because I, I was reading this, 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 this scripture, and there was a few things that stuck out to me. One, this, this is about a physical healing. This is about Peter meeting a man in a new town and immediately speaking over him in the name of Jesus and healing him. He says, you are healed. You are made whole is another translation. Immediately. And then he says, get up and roll up your mat. And it says, and he was healed instantly. And in this world of, we love instant things, Instagram, what is that? Y'all have Instagram? Nobody wants to admit to it. I mean, if you, know, if you don't want to admit to it in church, I'm just kidding. I don't have Instagram. I don't know what it is. I still have MySpace. No, I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not that old. I'm not that old. But instant coffee, Right? Instantly see our phones. You remember years ago when you took a picture, you didn't know what you took until like weeks later. And sometimes I think we still got like rolls of film hanging somewhere like we have no idea what's on that. But we instantly want to see and change a filter and we want to look better and be better instantly. We want our food fast. We, we want our entertainment fast. I want to be able to stream my Netflix on my phone, my iPad, my computer at work, every TV in my house, no matter. Like I want it instantly. And yet in this, this, this conversation, in this moment with Peter, there's some, this, this happened instantly with him. The man was healed. And I was thinking about it as a physical healing, and, and I, I still believe God can heal us physically. I believe he can. 
This message today, though, is not really emphasizing the, the power in Jesus' name to heal us physically. Because I really think if we take the context of the New Testament, that, that it's probably more relevant for us to apply to our lives not necessarily the power in Jesus' name to heal us, but sometimes the purpose we have in the hardship, in the trouble, in the suffering, that maybe that's the most important thing that comes, that sometimes for the benefit of our spiritual health and seeing God for who he is, and sometimes for his glory to accomplish his plan, we have to suffer. And not to see that as punishment, but to know it. in God's wisdom, he's making these decisions. He loves me. He cares for me. He, we know he's doing what's best for me. But in this season, if need be, that's how Peter said it. If need be, you're going to face a, a, a variety of trials and tribulations for the trying of your faith. Now, what I really hit me in this verse is the spiritual healing. Y'all going to have to hold on for this, okay? Because what God's put on my heart is going to change your life today. I don't say that very often. God does not heal every person's physical ailment that comes to him and prays. But God has promised that he desires for all of us to be saved. That every single person, anybody with any background, with any baggage, anything comes to him can be made whole spiritually and will be made whole spiritually. And I start thinking about that. And I think sometimes, and, and maybe I, I, I'm wrong, and maybe this goes the, the wrong direction. Everybody in here says, well, that doesn't apply to me. You totally missed it. He was preaching to somebody else. I'd like to meet who he was preaching to this morning. But sometimes we can get a little uh, maybe wishy-washy. That's a good Eastern Kentucky word, isn't it? Everybody knows what that meant. Get a little wishy-washy about our salvation. And I began to just think and study when we believe, when we give our life to Christ, there are some things that happen instantly. Instantly. Things are different. But I think sometimes we may get wrapped up in thinking that, you know, those things, the benefits of salvation are, uh, you know, they, they are in proportion to how close we are to God. You know, I'm going to. I'm back in church again. I'm starting to go again. I went three weeks in a row. It's pretty good. I think I'm about about back where I was. And you know, right? Am I wrong? Is that sometimes how we feel? It's like, oh, I'm going again. I think I'm back here, but I think I'll go back out for a while, and I'm not gone in a couple of weeks. I'm not really a Christian anymore. Maybe I am. Maybe I ain't. This week, maybe. I've been reading my Bible pretty good for a few days, read it pretty good, or, you know, it's been, it's got some dust on it, it's been a week, two weeks, three weeks, I don't know where it is, honestly, right, maybe we're, you get to that point, you don't even know where your Bible 
is. There's some hard, fast truths in the Bible that says when we are truly regenerate, when we've given our life to Christ, some things happen instantly that are that have you what you do and try and and and, and try to put forward and your effort and good works can't change any of it. And so there's some things that we're going to talk about this morning. Because here's what I saw in this man, Aeneas. He's laying on this mat, and his physical condition is a great illustration of every human being's spiritual condition. He was laying on that mat, and guess what he could do for himself? He couldn't walk. He couldn't take a bath. He couldn't move. He couldn't feed himself. And see, we all are born into this spiritual condition where we are separated from God by the sin in our life. And there is absolutely, we are laying on a mat, paralyzed. We can do nothing for ourselves. We can do of no good. Like, no matter how good you try to be, you can't be good enough, except for putting our faith in Jesus Christ and believing. And this is where we start. This is where we start spiritually broken like this man and laying on a mat that we think can never be changed, that things can be different. And here's something God told me. Here's, I, I, this is what I felt in my heart the last two weeks. Some of us, you and me, some of you here, somebody here right now, you're still laying on a mat that you should have rolled up. Because even after Peter healed this man, he said, Annie, and Jesus Christ, be healed. It didn't stop there. Peter was healed. Some things had been changed. Annie had been healed. His, his, his ailment was gone, but Peter had to follow that up and say something. He had to say, get up. Because <laughs> we absolutely have the capacity to be healed and be different and still lay on the mat. Because this man, he could have just laid there and never believed he had been healed, never seen the power, believed in the power of Jesus Christ, and just said, I ain't even going to try. I'm not even going to try to get up. I know it didn't work. And he could have been laying on the mat. Here's some lies the devil will tell you, because for the church to multiply, it, the church has to be off the mat. Okay, you see where I'm going with this? For the, this... To go, we cannot be wishy-washy in our salvation and wondering for ourselves, am I saved this week or am I not? You gotta be off the mat. And you gotta be rolling it up and say, I'm not laying back down on that. See, the church in Galatia, they did something. They got off the mat for a little while, and it was a mat called works by salvation. Salvation by works. They got off that mat and said, oh, yes, I, I, we are saved by Jesus alone, our faith in him and by his grace. And immediately somebody started teaching them a difference, said, oh, yeah, that's good, but you also got to be doing all this. You got to be following all these rules, dressing right, talking right, living right, going by all these things to be saved. And so they got off the mat, but then went back and laid down on it. And they start resting on their works again to be saved. 
Now, there's an interesting thing that instantaneously, instantaneously, when we believe and we give our life to Christ, we are saved, we are justified in heaven. All of a sudden, all of the sin and the baggage and the brokenness is wiped clean and we are white as snow. Does that mean we're perfect? From that point on, no. There's, a, there's something called progressive sanctification. You don't have to remember that word. But it says the true believer makes a determined and disciplined effort to allow the Spirit of God to set him apart day by day to conform him unto the image of Christ more and more. You will hear me say, as followers of Christ, we should be growing more and more like Christ every day. You will hear me encourage you to put sin out of your life. You will hear me encourage you to pursue righteousness and be obedient and do what is right. You will hear me, uh, you will hear me say that you should be loving your neighbor. You should, be, you should be giving charity. You should be taking care of people. You should be all these things. You will never hear me say you've got to do all these things to be saved. You will hear me say there's one thing that will save you. I believe in Jesus. And when you say that, the Holy Spirit takes up residence, and then you start doing this. Okay? But there will be some of you who said, last week I messed up. I don't know where I'm at with God. If your righteousness can't save you, your good works, your bad works, your sin can't cause you to lose your salvation. As long as you, that, that's a works-based salvation. Say, I got to keep it up. I got to keep it up. I got to keep it up. And let me tell you, that is a heavy yoke to carry. Because you're guaranteed to fail. When Jesus said, you need to take on my yoke, it's easy. It's easy. Just put this on. Put this on for a minute. Let me show you. I already did all the work. I already came and I did the perfection thing. I lived without sin. I made myself fully man. I came and walked in your shoes and I did the perfection thing. And, and, and the punishment that you deserved for your sin, I took. All you got to do is get in me, believe in me. You can't be passionate for winning the lost and reaching the community and changing your family and all these things when you can't be confident in your own salvation of what God has done for you and realize he did it all in his own ability, his own strength, and you can't mess it up. Let me tell you what Paul said to the church in Galatians in chapter 2. He said, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. I mean, if we ever get into the place that say, my head, my, I got saved, Jesus saved me, but to get there all the way, I got to never drink, I got to never cuss, I got to never do this, I got to never do that, I got to never complain, I got to never, like you make that list and you feel the pressure to try to do that so you, God still loves you and you're still close to God. And so you can still get to heaven. 
then what in the world did Jesus come and die for? Like, if you can do that, then you don't need Jesus. That then you don't need Jesus. What, what I'm talking about is a heart transplant. What I'm talking about is a real tangible thing, not a club you join, not a natural thing. It's like, I go to church this week, and I go, I'm talking about a supernatural, God takes up residence in the bodies of human beings who believe in him, and you're never the same. And some things happen instantly. Man, we see Annius's hopeless situation. We see his deliverance. Peter, when he says, uh, he doesn't say, I, Peter, heal you. He doesn't say, I, Peter, command you to get up and go. He doesn't say, Yada, you're healed. He says, Annius, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are made whole. If you feel broken, if you feel empty this morning, there's only one thing that can make you whole. And that is the believing in the name of Jesus Christ. But then he gives them the challenge of get up. And that's the title of the sermon this morning. Here's some of the lies the devil will tell you. You're not good enough. You are not good enough. Will you look at Sally and how good she is? Have you seen her Instagram? Will you look at Johnny? how he serves the Lord, how he volunteers and he leads. Maybe you should spend the night at Johnny's house on Saturday night and get ready with him Sunday morning. Huh? The devil will tell you you're not good enough. The devil will tell you you are defined by the mistakes and the failures that you've got in your life. Everything you've done wrong, that defines you today, and you'll never be anything but that. The devil will tell you, you can't do it. You can't, you can't live for Christ. You can't be good enough. The devil will get you all wrapped up in condemnation and guilt and shame and you know, all the things you've done and the stories that nobody knows about, the chapter of your life nobody's read. And you carry it with you. And you put a smile on in front of people. And then you're just like, I mean, the devil is attacking you and dragging you under. Because he's the enemy and it's what he does. There's a good song out right now called Jira. I just want to read the first verse. It says, I'll never be more loved than I am right now. I wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. I want to share four things you get instantaneously. I'm not going to spend a long time on these. Well, one is freedom. Freedom. Man, if I could sing, I'd sing that song right now. 
freedom. Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You're free from the power. You're free from the penalty of sin. You have authority over the enemy. James said, if we resist the devil, he will flee. Like you, the, I mean, you, you will start believing the devil's going to attack my life and tear it apart and tear my family apart, and he's winning every day. Like, I'm messing up, and he's winning. He's going to win. We are not victims. We are victors in Christ Jesus. He will get you believe. He will get you back on the mat. You know, Harker loves a cozy blanket. He'll say, oh, cozy. And if you give him the wrong one, he'll say, no, cozy blanket. That means it's like soft and furry. Y'all felt those kind of throw blankets? He doesn't sleep under a sheet. He wants a cozy blanket. Let me tell you, the mats some of y'all laying on are not cozy. They're brutal. You get freedom. You get forgiveness. Hebrews 8, 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Psalm 103, 12 says, Far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Freedom, forgiveness, family. The enemy will tell you you're alone. Tell you you've got nobody. Nobody cares. Will tell you you you're rejected. Tell you that mistake, the thing you've done, the way you 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 slacked, the way you gave in, the way you whatever. You, you, nobody's nobody's gonna care anymore, and you're rejected, and you're and you're not accepted. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who have worked really hard and been so good at school and life. And No, to those who believe. Those who believe in his name. Ephesians 5.30 says, For we are members of his body. So you get a family instantly. Maybe you've never had a family. Maybe you had one that was terrible. Those exist. Maybe you think I'd have been better off if I wouldn't have had a family. Maybe you had a family that wasn't your birth family and it was the most amazing gift God had ever given you. But here's what I want to tell you. You are not alone. You are part of a family. You are not rejected. You have been adopted and accepted and loved, not based on the good you've done, but simply by your faith in Jesus Christ. You believed, and instantly you became free from the burden to be good enough and work hard enough. You became free from that burden. You were forgiven for all that you'd done. You got this awesome family. I mean, you got Father. You got Jesus as your brother. Come on now. I was like, that would have been better than what I had growing up, that's for sure. Jesus as your brother. So you got God, instant access to God, the, the maker, the creator of everything that made you. You got instant access. You're part of his family. 
You got access to him, but guess what? You got all these people. And you don't act like you got all these people. There's things you're carrying, burdens like, oh man, weighing you down. All you'd have to do is call somebody and be like, hey, this. You got a family right here. I mean, I mean, people that, that may not know you, but if they're followers of Christ, they're your family and they'll care and they will love on you. They will take care of you. I see it happening all the time, all week long. We got this group called Faith Life Moms that Bethany started, and, uh, and I don't get in it. I stay out of that place. <laughs> I got a Facebook group called Faith Life Moms. I'm not in it. But she'll share just a, some things every now and then. She does a check-in every Wednesday, wellness check. How's everybody doing? Guess what people are in there, honest? Who would think it? Who would think it would help to realize you're not alone, you've got family? Share it. Call somebody. So you got a new identity in this family. You're not defined by your failures, your mistakes. You are a child of God. Freedom, forgiveness, family, and filled with the Holy Spirit. So much is wrapped up in that. So much is wrapped in that. We could preach a whole sermon on that. Let me just read you a few verses. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 2 Corinthians 6.16 says, For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Your old is dead, and instantly you are new. You got a new heart, new life, new desires. Not because you turned over a new leaf. That's different. That's saying, I'm going to try to do better. When Jesus is saying, let me put my yoke on you, all you got to do is just believe. Just believe. All that other stuff, like you're spinning and you're in the hamster wheel. And you're getting nowhere. He's saying, just believe. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Devil tell you you can't change. You've always been this way. Your addiction to drugs, alcohol, pornography, gambling, whatever you, he'll, he'll say you will always be that way. Luke ten nineteen says, "I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy." And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I want to give you the same challenge Peter gave Annius. We got places to go. We got lives to change. Because this started when Peter got to Lydda. It said there were some believers in Lydda. I believe there's some believers in Pikeville. And when there are believers in a place, the place changes. The culture changes. The DNA changes. And all of a sudden, God becomes present in Pikeville. 
But the one thing Satan can do can get the entire church back on the mat. And, and, we, and we can become uh, uh, um, uh, just to the point to where we're indifferent, apathetic. But Peter says, get up. Get up off the mat. You're laying on mats that Jesus is already taking care of. You're worried about things you don't need to worry about. You're trying to do things you can't do by yourself. And he's saying, just roll the thing up, trust in me, and let's go. The devil tells us we've got to try harder, do good, be good, make God happy to get into heaven. And we'll waller in it. I mean, we're all wallering in some things, right? That's a good, another good Eastern Kentucky word, isn't it? It's like, this bed's brutal. I'm going to waller in it. I love this mat. I'm not good enough. Let me stay right here. Yes. God had given Aeneas something. Peter had given it to him. He healed him in Jesus' name. But then Aeneas had to do something with it. He had to make the choice for himself to get up, roll up the mat, not believe the lies, see that it is possible to change the thing in your life that you have never been able to change yet. You say, well, I've tried, and it didn't work. It can change. Romans 8, 37, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors in him who loved us. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, if you can believe it, right now you're trying it. You're not believing it. If you believe it, all things are possible to him who believes. Been a lot about believing this morning. God has given you something. When you believed in him, instantly you were made whole. If you're doubting that this morning, don't doubt it. Know it. He has made you whole. Get up and roll up your mat and go forward to the work he's got for you. Some of you, have not been made whole. Some of you, all those lies I said when I was talking to the church, said that all those are true. You're separated from God. You are broken. Uh, you can't get up. You are not good enough. The only way to change that is to believe. Not turn over a new leaf, but believe, repent, and say, I get it. I'm sorry, and God, I messed up, and God loves me anyway. His grace is there waiting. This gift is there. All you got to do is accept it, and that grace can change your life. 
when you accept that grace and realize I cannot even earn this, it's by just faith and believing and by grace am I saved and it's the gift of God and it's not by works so that none of us can boast. When you accept that, when you accept that grace, you come out, you come off the altar, you come out of the closet that you've been praying in, you come wherever you're at from the conversation in the lobby when you say, I give my heart to Christ, you come out of that conversation quicker than coffee out of Keurig. You want something instant in your life, real instant, supernatural instant, believe in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I thank you this morning for this message that I needed. Um, God, give us the confidence in you to believe and put our faith in you. God, to not believe the lies of the enemy. But God, to get up off the mat and not to stop there. Not to just get up, but we're going to roll the thing up. Like, I'm not ever going to need this again. You think Andy wasn't so excited? God, I know he was. I know he was so excited. He was healed. He was made whole instantly. And Peter said, get up and roll his mat. He's like, I don't need this anymore. Let us be confident in your finished work in our life so we can go the ends making disciples that we can multiply that be a part of your process be a part of your movement to change Pikeville in eastern Kentucky God we know we can't do it laying on the mats today we get up in Jesus name Amen